the Florida Gators have admittedly quite a few questions going into this 2022 season, but what are the biggest questions for the Florida Gators football team? And you can find out here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Twitter is WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Just going to ask you a like, comment, subscribe, review, share with your friends, share with your family, share with whoever you want. But also, September 1st, 7 p.m., The Social at Midtown in Gainesville. You could catch me and then maybe a Florida Gators walk-on that's now like a social media influencer who's going to be there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but we'll see, but definitely maybe. But and then on Friday, September 2nd, 5.30 p.m., Social at Midtown in Gainesville. Two live recordings of Locked On Gators on those two days, so don't miss it. It's free to come out. It's free to hang out. And we're going to have some fun after once that red light stops. Uh, Once that red light shuts off, I'll let you know that. But now we're talking about the biggest questions that the Florida Gators have for the 2022 season. And I think that, I think we can kind of all agree on what the biggest question is. And that is Anthony Richardson. Can Anthony Richardson lead the Florida Gators back to glory, to to whatever benchmark you want to set? Can Anthony Richardson do it? Because here's the thing, as much as we all love Anthony Richardson, and as much as we all admit he's a physical freak, I was on a show with him, or I was on a show talking about him last week, and they were like, specimen. Like, that's that. he's just a physical specimen, is how you can describe him. And yeah, I, I mean, he's, I said it as well, I, I think he's without a doubt one of the most physically gifted human beings on the planet. Because there are few people as big as him that can run as fast as he does, that can just move the way he does in terms of agility, not just straight line speed. And that can throw a ball, what, 70, 80 plus yards in air? There's very, very few people on the planet that can do that. You can probably count it on two hands. Uh, it, it's And a lot of the people that have that are the elite of the elite. Um, if they're even that athletic because that's kind of the thing. When we look at athleticism and that arm strength, no longer is Cam Newton there. He, he's just not his shoulder shot. But you got Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. Is that is that Lamar? Is that it? Maybe Malik Willis. We'll see what he is. But it, it's just such a rare thing to see. But at the same time, Anthony Richardson is factually – inexperienced and raw as a player. Uh, He he is incredibly physically gifted. He does need to work on his accuracy and his consistency. And frankly, I'll say this. I don't care what he did in the spring game. I don't care what he did during the media sessions for routes on air. It's great that he's doing well there because if you struggle there, then you have an issue. If you play well there, then it's like, okay, well, can you do it in the game? So that's also what matters. But we're going to find out the answer to that question pretty dang soon. 
but he, he does need that work. Then I, I know that that's, I'm surprised I haven't been beheaded yet just for making that statement on this show, because I know how a lot of people react about that. But Anthony Richardson, one of the highest ceilings on the planet as far as being a quarterback, but he has a lot of work to do. And that's not a knock on him either. He's a kid who has not played. He's got one start in his career. This this isn't a knock on him. He's inexperienced. All the things that I say he needs to work on, he needs to develop, he needs to do this. A lot of it's going to happen with just playing football, which guess what? He's going to be doing in what, nine days now, 10 days. So it's very soon. But if Anthony Richardson can come even close to what his ceiling is, actually not even close to it. If he can become 75% of what his ceiling is while he's in college, you're looking at a Heisman candidate and not just a Heisman candidate, but the Heisman front runner. If he can get even again to 75% of what his ceiling is, that's how high Anthony Richardson's ceiling is. Like, Like that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a guy where if he, if he, becomes what he can become, you're talking about an elite NFL quarterback, like an MVP candidate quarterback. But again, he's got a very long way to go to do that. But it's possible. If he isn't as improved as people are realistically hoping and expecting, I'm not talking about the people that are saying, Anthony Richardson is your Heisman this year. No. Uh, I'm talking about the people that are like, look, Anthony Richardson is probably going to be a top four or five quarterback in the SEC. He's, he's probably going to look pretty dang good. He's probably going to carry the team a little bit. He's probably going to, he, he's probably going to, you know, blow a couple games. It's just, that's just what the gunslinger mentality is. It's a gambling mentality. And that's fine. You, you live with that. If you're a coach, if you're a fan, if you're a teammate, you live with that gunslinger mentality because that will lose you a couple of games here and there. But if you're a good gunslinger, that'll win you a lot more games. And that's what you care about. If he doesn't become what we're expecting, though, we're in for a long ride. Um, again, there, there's nothing that indicates that he won't be that. But that's I'm, I'm not trying to Chris Doring, you know, temper expectations. I am saying, though, if he doesn't become what we're expecting, this is going to be a tough ride for the Florida Gators this season. Although I don't think that's going to be the case. I do think Anthony Richardson will at the very least be a top four or five quarterback in the SEC. I think he'll be below Bryce Young this year, but I think he'll be in that Will Levis, Spencer Rattler range, um, if not better early on. Again, I've said I'm not bought in on Will Levis at all. Spencer Rattler has a lot of room to grow as well. But if Anthony Richardson can become what he needs to be or what we are expecting him to be, Gators fans... Just get ready. Like conference championship bells are ringing. Uh, I do think he'll be back in 2023, by the way. Just if he's not a Heisman candidate, I think he's back. Because uh, I think that there are question marks around his game and that that he's got plenty of time to answer them. Experience will help him, obviously. But again, that's we'll see. Let, let's worry about next Saturday. But I think that Anthony Richardson has to be the biggest question mark. He is the guy where... This offense will drive through him or stall through him. He's not just an arm. He is a massive part of the running game, most likely. I think he will be, whether or not it's designed runs or scrambles or whatever happens. But I I think that that's something to obviously acknowledge. And in the passing game, obviously, he's the quarterback. And behind him, not a ton of depth. So it's not like last year when it was Emery or Anthony Richardson, where most I think we can say most. I think it'll be more than 
of the head coaches in college football, probably would have benched Emory and started Anthony Richardson. That wasn't the case because Dan Mullen is too headstrong while also being head weak. Um, and so this, this isn't that case where it's like, well, is there a quarterback controversy in Gainesville? Because this year, I'll tell you what, there ain't, especially with Jack Miller right now. There ain't. Uh, there, there's no controversy. So if the wheels fall off for Anthony Richardson, the wheels fall off for the Florida Gators. So that that's kind of the pressure that's being mounted on him, as well as also just being a leader of this team, the starting quarterback for an SEC program under Billy Napier you're going to have a lot on your shoulders as far as being a leader. But Anthony Richardson has shown everything to answer that question easily. So it's just a matter of putting it together on the field. We're about to talk about the next biggest question I have, which is about the defense. But first, a quick word from the National Highway Traffic Safety Association. Uh, I, I like to think I'm an open book here. So, and again, like this one touches home with me. I've said this multiple times now. I lost a teammate of mine in the early 2021, you know, so that's, that is very uh, close to me there. But when you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks, we've all been there. A few becomes a few too many and we've all been there. And then the evening comes to an end and people start to head out and you're thinking of calling for a ride, Uber, Lyft, whatever it is. And you're like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I live close enough. I can make the drive. I'll make it home fine. You know, there's not much even on the way. No busy streets, all that. It's no big deal. Um, and, and then you kill someone. And that's that's the big issue there. Like everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving, but the realistic issue is not just your safety, not just your, not just your license. It, it's killing someone else, which is obviously what we want to avoid. The results are tragic and deadly, but that doesn't stop people from making that horrible, horrible, life-threatening decision to drive under the influence. That's why police officers are out there looking for impaired drivers on the roads to save lives, not just yours, but others as well. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. It's a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts like myself, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, and learn more. To wrap up, not to wrap up, wow, it's it's been a day, folks, and I'm just going to leave this in because I want you to realize I make mistakes every now and then. <laughs> but we're talking about the run defense is, is, what I'm, is what I'm focusing on here because this is something where, you know, Utah fans and I have been going at it for weeks now. They're still on the video that I talked about last week. I still get comments every day from YouTube fans. I got one from, uh, I got one at 2 a.m. yesterday. It was... Bizarre, but sensitive Utah fans there. But talking about this Florida Gators run defense, it was bad last year. Like, like it was. There's just no way around that. It was horrible last year. You look at the LSU game, counter trap incessantly. You look at the Georgia game, counter trap the first play, and it got them a first down. Like it, it was horrible for the Florida Gators. You know, whether it was the D tackles that were screwing it up, the DNs that were screwing it up, or the off-ball linebackers were screwing it up. But in 2022, it's a bit different. Uh, we'll say front six, because again, it's it's nickel is the base defense now, so we'll say front six. But only Jervon Dexter and Brenton Cox Jr. are returning significant players. They're the only guys that played significant snaps 
Um, so a little bit different when you look at, oh, Diabate screwed that one up, or Moon screwed that one up, or Antonio Valentino screwed that one up, or Daquan Newkirk screwed that one up. They're gone. They're not here anymore. This is a different team. This is a, a completely different front six, really, when you think about it. You've got Prince Liam and Mialine there now. Whoever's going to be starting a nose tackle, whether it's Jalen Lee, Jalen Humphreys, Desmond Watson, Ventrell Miller is back and healthy. Dewan Black will actually get to play football this year. Oh, my goodness. Thank the anybody who you think, honestly, if we're going to be honest about it. And, and this is just a completely new-look Florida Gators team. It's also very important to talk about and acknowledge that last year, the coaching staff did not focus on the run. That's a fact. They were like, hey, rush the passer, worry about the run later. That's not your responsibility. They said that for a lot of people. And we know that because when I had Prince Liam and Mealy in here, I believe it was in, I want to say like March or April, uh, Prince Liam and Mealy came on, locked on Gators. And we, we were talking about this defense, and I was like, hey, man, what's the biggest difference from this Florida Gators staff, or this defense, compared to the last one? And he was like, like, focusing on the run. He's like, we play run first and then focus on the pass rush if it's a pass. But we play the run first, and that's the biggest difference. So this is a defense that is focused on the run, a whole bunch of new life getting pumped into this team, because we also know that Dan Mullen very heavily favored seniority and just um, I, I don't even want to like just favoritism between players that he liked and he brought in over anybody else. So we know that is also a fact. So this is going. There's just a lot of factors that go into this. Where I always get YouTube comments and it's about the Utah video from last week, and they're like, "So you're saying that Florida replacing all these players is a strength, but Utah replacing these players is a weakness?" And it's like, well, guess what? Utah replaced great players in the same scheme with question marks. That's the big issue. With Florida, it's replacing bad players, if we're being honest, for a lot of them, replacing bad players in a different scheme with arguably better players. Like That's the big issue there. Uh, and that's the thing that people just aren't necessarily acknowledging as much, where it's not just, oh, we have new people, we're better, they have new people, they're worse. No, it's, it's the context. Utah's replacing great players in the same defense. Florida's replacing worse players in a very wildly different defensive scheme that it's just like, hey, get it, get it through your skull, people. That's what I'm talking about. My biggest concern with this run defense isn't, you know, Javon Dexter, can he do it consistently? Can Brenton Cox Jr. show that motor consistently, which I think he will? Ventrell Miller, is he back? And is he able to kind of get these linebackers up to speed around him? It's not the nose tackle spot that's worrying me. No. What I'm most concerned with is this coaching staff got hired, I believe it was November 30th last year, is one spring session and a fall camp enough to turn it around. That, that's my biggest concern. Can you turn it around in one offseason? I think that's a bigger concern there. And this is also a, a team where that question is going to get answered pretty early on. Because you're looking at a Florida Gators schedule where running the ball is going to be a key focal point here. You're looking at Utah, they're going to run the ball. You're looking at Kentucky, they're, they're going to be a little bit different. I think they're going to throw the ball more than they'd like to because of uh, Chris Rodriguez not being there. USF, probably going to run the ball a bit. Tennessee, 
They like to go up-tempo and throw the ball a lot, but they still do run the ball a bit just because they're such an up-tempo team. Missouri's going to run the ball. LSU's going to run the ball. Georgia, we know, is going to run the ball. Texas A&M's going to run the ball. This is going to be a run-heavy schedule for the Florida Gators. If you cannot stop their run in the SEC, you cannot win in the SEC. You cannot compete in the SEC. But Florida will answer those questions very early, and I think I can say with about 95% confidence that the Florida Gators' run defense this year will be significantly better than the Florida Gators' run defense was last year. And again, it's not just the coaching staff. It's not just the roster turnover. It's not any one thing. It's that there's a lot of factors at play now that weren't at play before, that that weren't a helpful thing, and an asset for this team before, but now they are. Like That's the biggest question I think that has to be answered for the defense is, can your run defense pick it up? Can your run defense be acceptable? We don't need great right now. We need acceptable for this first year. And again, that question is going to be answered in week one because they've got Utah. It's a team where I keep getting comments too. of just like Florida doesn't play teams that like to run the ball like that. Bro, get your foot out your mouth because Florida played Bama last year. They played Georgia last year. They played LSU last year. They played a lot of teams that like to run the ball. So don't tell me we're built different here in Utah. If you ain't seen these athletes that are on Alabama's team, uh, I mean, every few years, you don't see the athletes that are on Georgia's offensive line year in, year out. Same thing for LSU, although I will say this, their offensive line this year is a little bit suspect in my opinion. But you don't you don't come here and say, oh yeah, Utah's built diffy. Nah, nah, big dog. I promise you it's not. I promise you it's not. They might be more physical than the lower tier SEC teams. But I promise you, they're not more physical than Bama, Georgia. It's just not how it works. But still, Florida's run defense last year, Utah would have ran roughshod on them. We'll see what happens this year. I don't think that's going to be the case, but Utah's going to find out very early. That first drive, I think Utah's going to be like, hey, let's see what they're made of. Because if I'm an offensive coordinator or if I'm a head coach, I'm, I'm coming out on that first play and I'm going, Let's see what they're made of. In fact, I'm running counter-trap the first play. If, if I'm Utah, I'm running counter-trap the first play. But every other instance, I'm like, hey, let's see what they're made of, and let's see if the Florida Gators for 2022 are different from the Florida Gators for 2021. And get your answer real quick. We're about to talk about the offensive line now, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, but to actually wrap up today's show this time, we're talking about the offensive line. Because the offensive line, are you improved? <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Are you improved and how improved? Actually, we'll say we'll say we know they're improved. How improved are you? Uh, because you got this offensive line last year where it seems like under Dan Mullen specifically, the offensive line was always good at one thing. They were either good at run blocking or good at pass protecting. Last year they weren't necessarily good at anything in specific. Um, But that's more, I I don't even want to say that's more coaching. I I think it was just difficult last year for the Florida Gators to really, really, really put everything together. I don't think they were horrible. Their run blocking was, but I don't think they were horrible as an overall uh, unit, we'll say. But they definitely had their flaws. You look at, Players like Gene DeLance, who is no longer with the Florida Gators. He is, if I'm not mistaken, still with the Chicago Bears for the preseason. Gave up the most pressures on the team. Uh, 
you look at, I mean, Stuart Reese is gone now, but this is a team where last year they had their ups and downs. They had, they had their Knicks. They had all this issues. Uh, Ethan White wasn't healthy the entire year, which he will be this year. And he looks pretty dang good so far by all accounts. Uh, he's arguably one of the better run blockers on the team along the offensive line. He's probably lost that seat now to Osiris Torrance, but Ethan White was a dog last year, if we're going to be honest about it. So having Ethan White and Osiris Torrance on the interior instantly makes them very threatening, I'll say. Um, having Richard Garage there, Michael Tarquin, you know, I mean, Rob Sale a couple weeks ago was just going on and on about Michael Tarquin. He's like, look, like I would take 20 Michael Tarquins any day of the week. I'd take them. And I think you have to. Kingsley Aguacoon didn't allow a sack last year. He was he had his struggles at certain points, but his issue was more penalties than anything else. And even then, I think that was more on the coaching staff as to like the Kentucky game specifically. There were a ton of false starts. It's like I think that's more on the coaching staff for not switching to a, a silent count earlier on. Uh, I think that's more on them. But adding Osiris Torrance to this group is incredible. And then you look at the offensive line, the, the coaching staff right now, first of all, Rob Sale is someone that I think I am, uh, I think I'm higher on than a lot of people. And I, I don't necessarily know why it's just, it is what it is with that one. Um, I, I just, I think that he's such a good, maybe it's cause I'm a, also a, a New York giants fan. And I also cover them where I'm like, Look, this Giants offensive line in 2020 was significantly worse and significantly improved in 2021, specifically looking at people like Andrew Thomas, Rob Sale, now coming back to Gainesville, well, now coming back with Billy Napier to Gainesville, where he was at Louisiana, getting guys into the NFL. You look at Max Mitchell, who is uh, in the NFL now. He's with the Jets. I think he was a fourth-round pick this year. He was great-looking even before 2021. Like he looked good in 2020 and before. So you have Rob Sale, who's got a pretty proven track record of developing. Uh, that's, I just got a YouTube comments that Florida is going 15 and 0. Why not, man? Um, but you've got a now offensive coordinator and offensive line coach who's got a proven track record of developing guys and getting them into the NFL. And then also developing guys while they're in the NFL and helping them become significantly improved you look at darnell stapleton the assistant offensive line coach for the florida gators like darnell stapleton has i believe it's five years of nfl experience on the offensive line most if not all of it with the pittsburgh steelers if i'm not mistaken but you you've got nfl experience there so you've got nfl coaching experience nfl playing experience you've got college development experience i mean primarily with rob so you've got cheston blackshear who's got who's i mean he's a quality control coach along the offensive line but it's just so much attention for this Florida Gators offensive line where, I mean, I, I think that there's no doubt this offensive line is going to improve significantly from 2020 to 2021 to 2022 or not 2021 to 2022 to 2023. But similar to when I talked about the run defense, it's is one off season enough time to make these significant strides that you need to make to be a top tier offensive line. Even in the SEC, I'm not saying nationally. That shouldn't be an expectation right now. But to be a top five line in the SEC, can you do that in one offseason? I think that a lot of the personnel that's still there and a lot of the talent that's on the that's uh, on the offensive line right now on the depth chart, I think you're looking pretty good. Uh, it's just a matter of 
you know, can they actually put it together? Is it actually time? Because I think when you got Ethan White, Kingsley Agakun, when you had Ethan White, Kingsley Agakun, and Osiris Torrance, I think you've got one of the better interior line groups that you have in the SEC and possibly in the nation. When you look at Richard Garage and Michael Tarkin, it's can they do it on the edge? Can they be those bookend tackles? Michael Tarkin, we don't really know yet. Not saying that he will or won't be, but we don't know yet. Richard Garage, we saw last year. Personally, I'd like to see improvement from him. Um, I think he was second on the team in pressures allowed. I think that he was not one of the you know worst run blockers, but I don't think he was one of the best on the team last year. I'd like to see improvement from the tackles. I'm very happy with what we have in Austin Barber. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody loves Austin Barber. I've heard nothing but great things about Austin Barber, and I can't wait. Like, the tackles that are depth right now, I'm like, oh, in the future, they're going to be so good. I'm, I'm, like, licking my chops about this. Like, I'm, like, I'm excited for the tackles that are on depth, but right now we're talking about 2022, and I want to see the tackles improve. And, I again, we can love Garage, and we can love Michael Tarquin, but I'm talking about the tape. I'm talking about what it really looks like on the field. Not, you know, we love his character. We love his leadership. Not, not we love that. I want to see you dominate the man across from you on the field. And we'll see if that's going to happen. Again, that's going to be an early an early test with Utah and then SEC play opening up right away. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. And John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting, is going to be joining me. Now make your second listen locked on SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. You get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida, and I'm on today's show. So be sure to check it out for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryFSI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.